everybody, and welcome to episode three of Ruffled Feathers, another show that you're listening to. I'm Jessica Dennis. I present almost no qualifications to talk about things, but I do it anyway. With me today is a person who does know about things, Joe Makarowski, a not-engineer with an engineering degree, living in New Jersey and telling us all about his wonderful experiences during Hurricane Sandy today. Well, in part one of N. Yeah, this is definitely my... uh onion on the belt story (laughs) there's a lot of things i learned i could basically tell it in real time because everything was a good learning opportunity i think i would forgo those good learning opportunities well yeah you could always you know just leave the state due to impending hurricanes like a same person would (laughs) i don't want to party like it's 1899 Actually worse than like it's 1899 for a bunch of reasons we're going to go into today, um, namely why American houses suck. Right. So the non-coastal areas of New Jersey were, of course, not told to evacuate because uh, this was a very low storm surge and a very dry hurricane compared to other things that have happened. So unless you were living on the beach... um, you didn't really have to worry about flooding or anything like that. All you had to worry about was losing power because wind plus trees plus power lines and, well, they're all going down. Right. New Jersey is kind of extremely suburban, most of it anyway. Mm. So there's underground gas, water, and sewage and even cable like your internet but the power is still up in the air on telephone poles so that's the only thing that went out in a lot of homes so that leads to a lot of interesting combinations of what utilities people have left most people still had running ground temperature water being that this was um, late fall. It was actually Halloween. Mm. Um, so everybody had working toilets. Everybody had working faucets. <laughs> well, I mean, I should just say out in the beginning here, if, uh, once you lose running water, if you have a car, just leave, you know. Just, yeah. That's, I, that's, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean. You need I, a toilet. <laughs> I really, I really love modern sanitation. Like, it's great. Yeah, unless you happen to have a composting toilet or something like that, Ooh, or an I isolated modern. septic system. Or composting toilets are uber modern. They're postmodern. Oh, that's true. They're like hipster. Ugh. They're expensive. Ugh. So, being that you had running water, and you maybe also had gas, um, most people were in their homes. Um, so, even though the date, so the hurricane hit New Jersey on Monday night. On Sunday, pretty much everyone in the state was informed that they were taking the week off. Hmm. Um, well, people that don't work at stores anyway. People with, right. you know, nine to five jobs. So Monday day, I distinctly remember having all of my windows open and wearing shorts. Following that, there was a frost warning because... The reason it was dubbed Superstorm Sandy was because immediately following the hurricane itself was a a huge cold front. That's bad. Yeah. 
which unfortunately <laughs> didn't arrive sooner because then it would have bumped the hurricane back out into the Atlantic. But no such luck. So the situation you had was a lot of houses without power and it was about to get really cold, just above freezing in most of the affected areas, maybe a little below during the overnight periods, depending on where you were exactly. Um, And that gets to why American houses suck. (laughs) Because most houses are made out of drywall um, and particle board. And in between those two things is suspected carcinogenic insulation. (laughs) Right. Uh, And although the insulation does work decently as a thermal barrier, um, it doesn't have any thermal mass to it. And thermal mass is sort of like the flywheel principle applied to temperature. So if you don't know, a flywheel was a big old wheel in a factory back when factories were powered by running water or something before electricity. Right, wind or water. Yeah, where you'd have this big heavy wheel that took a lot of energy to get spinning, but because it was so heavy, if you momentarily lost whatever was powering it or there was a, you know, a variance in the intensity of the waterfall or wind... It would stay at the same speed for the most part. Its slowdown would be negligible if the wind stopped blowing or whatever. A thermal flywheel is something as simple as a rock. (laughs) A stone will hold heat in it and then radiate that heat back out. And in fact, this is a useful survival technique if you're having to do that during a cold climate. If you can make fire, what you want to do is heat up some rocks. Hopefully not wet rocks because they might explode. Um, right. You can, you can heat up some rocks in the fire and then take them into your shelter with you or put them between a couple of layers of clothes. And they'll slowly uh, give off that heat over the course of an hour or two. But if your house is made out of these materials that have no thermal mass to them, as soon as it gets cold it's they're they're just insulating you from the wind right um and if you're lucky enough to have something uh, like a fireplace and on top of that lucky enough to have wood because let's face it in new jersey fireplaces are strictly ornamental even if they are real ones Mm -hmm. my parents actually had a lot of wood the town cut down a couple of the trees in their front yard because they wanted to put in a curb and a sidewalk. Right. And my dad's like, you're not taking that wood. <laughs> nice. Uh, so they had a couple entire trees worth of wood like right before this happened. But they would have had some anyway because they do have some stock. Right. Um, you know, because they just enjoy using the fireplace. Yeah, I used to have a fireplace and we used to have a bunch of wood. Kittens were born in it one time. That's adorable. Mm. Except their mother disappeared and we had to rescue them from the wood pile. So that was, that presented some interesting challenges. But anyway, stockpiling wood, not a bad idea if you can do it. Yeah, assuming you do it right. Um, right. And uh, if you want to see houses with termites, <laughs> if you want to see one of the angrier parts of the internet, look up whether you should uh, have oh, bark split up or wood. Bark down. Yeah, bark up or bark down. Yeah. That's funny. 
god. Because the answer is tarp. <laughs> right. But the men of the internet feel very strongly, I should say the white men of the internet feel very strongly one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my parents had firewood, and they did have a fireplace, but being that they, uh, the rest of their house is built conventionally, mm. um, when the fire goes out, that's it. You basically have to keep it burning for the exact duration you want to be not frozen. You know, only slightly better than being outside with a fire. Right. Most of our houses are laid out pretty much randomly according to whatever <laughs> is perpendicular to the road. And the roads are laid out completely randomly. Um, right. In some cases, they're intentionally twisty and turny just for the sake of being impossible to cut through residential areas and speed and all that. Yes. Um, oh, suburbia. And they're not taking advantage of any of the passive heating and cooling you can do simply by sort of pointing your house in the right way and selectively picking where your windows are. So if you have, um, ideally what you should have is the side of your house with the point in the roof should be facing south and that entire wall should be a window. And if you do that, your living room or whatever is there will benefit from the greenhouse effect in winter. And you can extend the roof into an overhang over this so that when the summer sun is at a higher angle, um, it won't get in and have the same greenhouse effect. It'll be in the shade instead. And you can uh, supplement that, you know, with curtains or whatever. Right. Um, but since we orient our houses completely randomly um, <laughs> usually use um, the minimum amount of windows because they're insulated so poorly so more windows would just leak out heat instead of retaining it um, you're not taking advantage of anything that the sun can do for you um, and in the summer we clear cut everywhere we build so there's no trees to assist with that either your asphalt roof uh, collects all of the heat that the sun is willing to give during the summer, and you could cook eggs on it. Right. Your attic gets pretty toasty, too. Yeah, those should be habitable, but they're not. <laughs> no. So, what I had specifically was no power for um, between Monday night and the following Friday evening. So, however many days that is. Um, I had running water. I had working gas, but because the boiler in the basement of my apartment is centrally controlled by an electronic thermostat, we didn't yeah. have heat or hot water. That's kind of dumb, actually, because you can always override that. I mean, it's just an electronic thing. Just short it. Like, And what that's, was... that's what they did on the... Uh, the coldest night where there was actual frosted viruses for the area. And it got so hot we had to open all the windows. Well, you know, you, you have to have a guy there like like in olden or like like you're, you know, running a steam train or something where you have to keep shoveling in coal and then stop and then shovel some more. Right. So you just had to have a manual thermostat shorting thing and then unshorting right. it. Yeah. <laughs> a person who is a thermostat. Pretty much. But they obviously weren't willing to go to that expense. 
Right. And that was really only for that one night. The rest of the time, it was whatever temperature it was outside, pretty much was what temperature it was inside. There was just no wind. Um, so if you're in a similar situation where you don't feel like you need to leave, um, what you can do to not freeze to death <laughs> is figure out whichever room in your dwelling is the most insulated. So this is probably going to be whatever room has more interior walls and exterior walls. Whichever room the kitty cats gravitate toward. Yeah, they're going to pick where it's warm. <laughs> Hopefully that's not a closet. I mean, my cats lie around in front of the heating vents, but should the heating fail, I'm sure that they would locate. Well, usually with them, it would be under the bed, which is probably pretty cozy because I do have a wool rug, but... Probably. <laughs> um, and what you should do in whichever room this ends up being is, well, if you... Uh, happen to have an actual tent and have room to put it up in there that would be ideal uh but if not make blanket forts yay blanket forts um and if you don't know how to build blanket forts i'm sorry to inform you that you had a deprived childhood did you have a deprived childhood <laughs> of course not of course i know how to make a blanket fort don't be silly um so yeah make blanket forts and you can hang out in there because um, the smaller the space, the, you know, the less space that your residual body heat has to heat up for you. Right. You know you're doing well if uh, your nose doesn't feel cold. <laughs> or your extremities. Right. Um, and we also had the benefit of having a lot of foam core artboard lying around. Because <laughs> uh, my roommate is an art student and people say they're useless <laughs> no it was very practical because foam core having styrofoam on the inside insulates about as well as your crappy exterior walls right except inside right so we we use some of that to uh make sure the air conditioner that i don't bother taking out was as insulated as possible and mm. it's also just an easy fort building material because it's pretty sturdy right. it doesn't bend you... under the load of a blanket <laughs> so you uh, have the best blanket forts in town oh i pride myself on this <laughs> i generally always have a blanket fort on the bigger couch because the cats enjoy it mm. um and also to supplement your blanket fort, you can also use those space blankets, which are surely in your emergency kit. My college was built in 1927. Well, the first uh, buildings were completed and the first students entered in 1927. And uh, they added dorms on over the years. And I, um, my freshman year, I lived in one of the newer, namely built in the 60s dorms. And it was air conditioned, and that seemed great. Um, except the power, actually, this was the summer of, uh, well, I mean, the early to late, the fall of um, 2000, which people who live in California will remember was the year that the power went out all the time. So our dorm would get unbearably hot. 
terribly, just horribly, hideously, uh, perishingly hot, and it was terrible. But the older dorms that were built in the 20s did not have this problem because they were actually built to take advantage of, uh, you know, actual like wind, atmospheric conditions. <laughs> um, there were, you know, uh, breezeways, and and the windows were situated such that, you know, this this would happen. Um, they were less. Uh, wonderful maybe in the winter because uh, it's Southern California. <laughs> um, I think they had radiators in them. Um, I, I never got to live in one of the older dorms. It was very competitive to live in one of the older dorms just because they were so much nicer. Um, but they were definitely better in summer. Um, I used to work for the IT department and over the summers we would do various things in all the dorms and the, um, the air conditioning would always be turned off because there were no students there. So again, the, new, the newer dorms, especially the newest dorm, which had just been completed the year before I started, um, it was unbearable. It, was, it got so incredibly hot, even in the basement. It was, it was unbelievably hot, but the older dorms were quite tolerable. So sometimes you can actually find an older house that was built smart. Um, because it was built in a time before, you know, we had forced air heating and sometimes before electricity. And, and some of those are uh, probably good options, plus they're really charming. You probably also noticed in the summer that if you're in an above ground parking deck, because the whole thing's made out of concrete, as long as you're not above the whole thing, that it's actually pretty cool in there too. Yeah, that that actually, I have noticed that because I used to park in one of those above ground uh uh, and again, that goes to the heat capacity of concrete. Yeah. Um, namely, it's very high. It, the, the heat capacity of concrete is very similar to that of lasagna in that it takes a really long time to heat it up and it takes a really long time for it to cool down afterward. That's a good analogy, actually. Makes you wonder why we don't insulate our houses with lasagna. Maybe the bug problem. Maybe. <laughs> and there's our ending.